<clears throat> All right, John chapter number two. John chapter two. Uh, this is uh, it's a great chapter, and uh, sadly, this chapter, some things that went on that go on in this chapter, um, have where well, the chapter itself hasn't done this, but some things that occur, the primary thing that occurs in this chapter um, because of people's incessant uh, desire to consume alcohol, especially to intoxicating levels, uh, or any level for that matter, have long used and abused this chapter to the degree that most people miss the entire context and uh, impact and importance of this chapter. And that is John chapter 2, the uh, occurrence, the, I, you've heard me say before, I hate to use, I hate to use the term performance when it comes to Christ and uh, in miracles because performance does seem to uh, connotate um, an act and the reality is it wasn't an act any miracle that he accomplished was was you know was legitimate it was real it was um, it was more than an act Jesus was the embodiment of being complete and real um, however um, this this is known as the first miracle this chapter okay it is the uh, the miracle at the wedding the turning the water into wine and this this chapter is used by more people to justify consuming and over consuming alcoholic beverages than than any anything else in the Bible now, Remember what I've told you. I've been teaching you about the rule of Bible inter rules of Bible interpretation. <clears throat> One of the rules of Bible interpretation is you let more clear passages help you to define the less clear passages, the least clear passages. Well, the, this passage is is relatively clear in in what occurs. But the, uh, I guess the, the less clear to obviously some people is the um, the allowance or again use and overuse of alcohol, and so they have, folks have just completely missed the entire context of what's taking place. Uh, here and what is going on to try to justify that. People will do anything to justify uh, their lifestyle, sin, what have you. Um, so that's first and foremost. What I mean by that is throughout the Bible, we've got admonition after admonition after admonition after admonition against drunkenness. Okay. And you know, the Bible tells it clear in Proverbs, throughout Proverbs, you know, it's not good for kings to to drink wine and so on and so forth. And so we've got plenty of, uh, of verses to, to prove that point. 
the Bible tells us wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You know, it's so many verses in Proverbs. And yet, they'll take this passage in an effort and an attempt to justify uh, what they want in their lives. So I'm going to clear some of this up, but also I want to deal with the entire point of John chapter 2. Uh, is is not the wine and not the alcohol, okay? Um, I also will clear up maybe s- some teaching to the other side of the spectrum that says that it that couldn't po- it could not this could not possibly have any fermentation whatsoever. Um, that, that that's not necessarily the truth. Or accurate, but let me say this: what what goes on here? What will go on here in the term wine and, and making of wine is this: the the word itself is oinos, o i n o s, and it is uh, that that's the Greek word that it derived from. It simply means the fruit of the vine. That's it. That's what it means: the fruit of the vine, pure fruit of the vine. Excuse me. So, in storage, there would there is going to be a natural fermentation process eventually. But, folks, you've got to realize any alcohol that would would be in this is is so minimal. It's, it would be akin to Nyquil. Okay, so I'm not so far one way in telling you that that it, it, there was absolutely no possible way there was any fermentation whatsoever in this in this wine in John chapter 2. I'm, I'm not so far that way to say that it's not possible, okay? Uh, I mean, the little wine for thy stomach's sake. It was, it was medicinal. Uh, it was also recreational. We'll see in this chapter. But folks, it was not like... It was less, it, it wasn't even close to liquor, not even close, like not even in, couldn't even be mentioned in the same breath, was not near as fermented as wine would be today, or probably even beer. It was more likened to a strength of probably NyQuil in, in this, this drink, this wine. Um, so let's get into this, and again, I'll just... I've done what I said uh, other folks did, and I kind of got off on it, and I don't want to miss the chapter itself, especially some things that are mentioned in it later. So, what's happened here is Jesus' ministry is beginning. This will be his first miracle, and his mother is overseeing a wedding. Okay, I'm, I've, I've done many, many weddings, and a lot of times, you know, I'll be the director uh, I'll kind of oversee it, but then I'll all, there's usually a lady that is there kind of guiding this thing along and, um, and, and, you know, making decorative, uh, ideas and, and things like that. So that's, that's what the context here and Jesus's mother, um, is, is conducting or not conducting, but she is kind of the, you know, the, the guide in this wedding situation. So on the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. 
Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. So here they are, they wanted this marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto them, they have no wine. Okay? Um, so she comes to Jesus. They're out of wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. So he's right here, right here. Now look what he says. Woman, what have I to do with thee? This is not disrespectful. I've seen people try to say Jesus was being disrespectful to his mother and responding to her as woman, what have I to do with thee? And that, that's not the indication or implication whatsoever. What this is, is he is, he is letting her know, I'm a grown man now, and I'm, I'm moving forward with my ministry. Um, I'm moving forward as a man I'm moving forward as a minister. I'm moving forward as the savior of the world. And and I, I want you to know that you may be overseeing this wedding, but I'm in charge of I'm in charge of everything. So he he is this is established throughout and he's not being disrespectful whatsoever. And um He's he established this with with uh, winning where this was established, and uh, I believe it was Luke, and he was per, he they thought he was lost. He was in the temple, and um, and she said, "Your father and I were were, were you know we we're worried about you." He said, "Oh no, you know my will is to do the one that sent me," and so he's reminding her even then that I, I'm sent from God. I'm going to respect you and love you, and and you're you are going to be my close earthly one of my closest earthly relationships. But Joseph's not my father, and you are the earthly vehicle that that God chose to put me in the world. Now, again, this is not disrespectful to Mary, but it is also important that Christ is establishing here that he and Mary are not co-equals. The Roman Catholic institution have attempted to make Mary and Jesus co-equals. They are not on any shape, level, or form co-equals, okay? And she was not a perpetual virgin. He has, he has brothers in the flesh on this earth, okay, through Mary. Later, you know, through now at this point. And so there's a lot being established here, a lot packed into this. And so they're at this wedding. Jesus and his disciples are there. There's a problem. They've run out of wine. They've been drinking this, this wine, this fruit of the vine, pretty, pretty heavily. And uh, his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. So do you see that right there? Jesus established authority. His mother acknowledges his authority, turns to the servants and says, he's in charge now. Whatever he says, you do it. And there were set there uh, six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. A firkin is about <clears throat> nine gallons. So there's about 18 gallons in these water pots of stone. It says after the purifying of Jews. This is probably this water is probably used for the Jews washing of their feet. Everywhere they went, they were wearing sandals, they were on dusty soil, and their feet would be dirty in traveling. 
So these these water pots have about 19 gallons of water in them. And so there's a lot of water here. Not, you know, there's, you look here, there's uh, six, what, six water pots. Six water pots. Uh, there's a lot, lot of water there available. So Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. The wine's available. So he tells them to fill the water pots with water. So they do. They fill them up to the brim. Notice, just a little side note here, that this miracle um, performed or accomplished here is done by God. It's done by Christ. But, let me say this, it, it, the vehicle for this to happen or for this to occur is the obedience of the servants. So God performs miracles. God will still perform miracles, but sometimes it's predicated on our obedience to him. So Jesus says, Fill the water pots with water. They filled them up to the brim. He saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. So he tells them, to Begin to draw out and give it to the governor. Of course, the governor would be the one running the feast. So you got Mary kind of uh, helping to oversee the whole thing. The governor of the feast would be the one that's in charge of the wedding reception. You know, that's, that's a wedding, your typical wedding. You got all kinds of things going on here. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the, wa the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, he said, he didn't know where it come from, the servants knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. He said unto him, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. Now here's the implication, the understanding, that it was not probably it, it it was couldn't have been completely with lack of fermentation okay but again you're you're talking about something that's so minimal it is it is a nickel situation okay uh, but I'll also say this okay there's just one implication in these verses um, that we're going to look at but let me say this about John chapter number two. Okay, this is not uh, promoting social drinking. It's not promoting, uh, you know, the, the occasional social sip by any stretch of the imagination or recreational drink. This is, is illustrating a doctrine that Jesus is, is now being the provider. He's, he's God. He's the one in charge. He's the one that's over natural resources, uh, and he uses human elements to do so. Now, this is, this is wine that was just produced. It takes, it takes a while, and I've never made it homemade wine naturally, but it takes a while for it to ferment. This is just produced. There's not even been time for fermentation to take place or strong fermentation. But here's, here's the implication that folks draw. Um, verse 10, And saith unto them, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. So what he's saying is typically at a wedding, they will put the best wine out first. The best out first. After folks have drank that a while, 
then their senses become numb to a degree. And by the end, they set out the bad, or not the bad wine, but the wine that's not as tasty, not as good, not as fresh. They'll set that out at the end and it won't matter because they, they've been drinking the fruit of the vine already. And now their senses are numb to a degree. Okay, so now here's what here's what the drunk will say. All right, that's right. They got good and and uh, and a little bit tipsy. They got a little buzzed, and they didn't realize, you know, that this this wasn't a good wine. Well, hold on a minute. You can drink anything, anything. You can drink. I, I I've got case a case of Coke in there. Case of Coke Zero. And when I take the first swig of that Coke Zero, it is, it, man, it's, it's good, it's strong, it's good, and the rest of it's good. But there's nothing like them first few sips and a fresh drink that you open up, right? That's, that's simply all that's going on here. Now, the, the one trying to justify drinking is saying, all right, you see they're buzzed and they can't tell that the, the end is bad and... Now they're confused because this is good wine here at the end where it's usually the reverse. It's not about the buzz. It's not about the fermentation. It's not about the alcohol content. It's about the lesson, number one, that's being taught here. But since we're on it, let's talk about it. That happens with any drink. The senses are dulled after, after especially, you know, a whole can of Coke and you turn around and drink another one. So... Am I so dogmatic to say that, that any kind of fermentation was not possible? I'm, I'm saying that it's not here. I'm saying that it would have went on and it could go on, but fermentation goes on a long, go, it takes a long time. The other thing I'm saying is this. Not once does Christ promote drunkenness. He's not going to go against all that Proverbs teaches about drinking. Okay. And, and the fact of the matter is, if there's any wine throughout that any Jew would drink that would have any fermentation in it whatsoever, it's, again, going to be at the level of, of NyQuil at the most. It's not going to be something that was uh, intently. You see, when you're, when you're drinking a beer, there is an intent by the producer to make sure there's certain levels of alcohol in it. There, when you're when you're drinking a a, a, a liquor or, or even a wine that you would buy, so there's there's intent by the producer to ensure that there's certain levels of alcohol in it. All right, and so any kind of fermentation that would have taken place, not in this, not in this, and that's what people want to use. They want to use this verse. It's not even in this text, but anywhere in Israel or anywhere in this time. It was not to the, you know, I, I know there's studies that went on to say that it, that it helped purify and keep, uh, you know, the water wasn't always clean and yeah, yeah. So still, even if you buy into that, you're not talking the level of a beer. You're not even talking the level of a beer today. You're talking very low, very, very low fermentation levels. Okay. Extremely low. No more than taking medicine. All right. So please understand that. Having said that, there's no indication whatsoever that this was fermented at all because it's fresh, pure fruit of the vine. Now, 
There you go. Good, strong, balanced teaching on John chapter 2 in the wine subject. Verse 11, the beginning of miracles did Jesus, this did the beginning of miracles, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. So this is the first miracle accomplished. He does so and the disciples say, okay, we're now dealing with with something different, someone different, a different level. Verse 12, after this, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother and his brethren and his disciples and they continued there many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. So, it's not, you know, I've heard people say, um, uh, I've heard people say that a, a book shouldn't be sold or a, a CD from a singer shouldn't be sold, that kind of thing. And I can see it. I can see it. I, that's why I do recommend, say, take it to the fellowship hall. But the context of this is actually... They were taking dove, the, the, the doves and the things that were used in the temple services, the sacrifices that were used in the temple services, and they were selling them for, for gain. All right, that, that's the immediate context of this. Um, Seth unto them sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house and the house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Okay, that's a, that's a quote from Psalm 69, 9. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Okay. Then, then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building. Wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. And therefore, you see, they always miss that. He, they always miss that. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said that unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Had said. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So this is John chapter 2. The first miracle has been accomplished. The result is being his disciples are now starting to see the miracles. They're seeing him take authority. They're seeing him go into the temple and take authority by making the scourge and running everyone out and saying, this is my father's house and we're not going to make it a house of merchandise. So in this chapter, he has demonstrated himself as being God. He has proclaimed himself as being the Son of God. He has proclaimed himself as going to resurrect from the dead. And he has, he has accomplished his first miracle. He has established authority ship over his mother Mary. And so there's a lot packed into John chapter 2 other than Jesus made wine. But that's all, most of the people quote that or say that don't even have a clue where it's at. 
But there you've got your answer today. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying nothing good. Nothing good. Uh, you, modern day drinking and drinking and what it's turned into. It's it's overtaken our. I mean, it, you got breweries on every corner. Every town, it's the new in vogue thing, modern day thing. Little do they realize the death, the heartache, the addiction, the problems, the anger, the broken heart, all of what entails that comes with drinking. And it's a sad situation uh, of where we are. But I do did want to clear that up from John 2. It just simply means the pure fruit of the vine. There was no time for fermentation in this whatsoever. If there was any fermented wine used throughout Jerusalem or, or even wait, through, mainly throughout Jerusalem at this time, it was simply, it was to a, such a minor degree that it ain't, it ain't going to do anything. You know, it's a NyQuil level, medicinal level situation. Now, was it mean, does it get wind up getting abused by the Romans? Absolutely. You read that in 1 Corinthians. And uh, they, they were a, a drunken sort in uh, the Corinthian area and the Greeks and the, and the Romans. So uh, just, just remember that. Our lesson today, John chapter 2, the beginning of miracles. Christ is establishing himself as God, performing miracles. He is establishing himself as the Son of God. He is establishing rulership over Mary uh, and, and everyone else. And he is establishing the fact that he's going to die, he's going to be buried, and he's going to raise again the third day. All right. This has been John chapter 2. Hope you have a great evening, great week. We'll see you Wednesday night. Good night. God bless. I love each of you.